0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on the second Sunday after Epiphany. A couple things to share with you before we begin our worship. Uh, first is a reminder that our Bible study on First Peter will begin this Wednesday. It's a five-week study. Uh, so if you're looking for a Bible study that will not be a whole lot of time investment but will uh, be a big return on your investment, I think this is... The one to come to, uh, it will be interesting. And 1 Peter uh, is a great book to dive into. Uh, I also wanted to mention to you all that we now have online giving available through our website. Uh, You can read about it and check it out on zionluth.org on our website. But uh, if you're like me, you don't carry cash around, you hate writing checks, this is your opportunity to give uh, regularly online. we have a secure vendor that will handle that for us. Again, you can read more about that on our website. If you have questions about online giving, how that might work, um, how you could do it, let me know. Uh, and I can point you to, to what we have set up for that. Uh, are there any announcements or any prayer requests to share with the congregation? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but today's a historical day. It's a very important day. Um, Jim Hawk is addressing us with his annual visit to the church.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you for that, we appreciate
0: it. <laughs> Jim, on behalf of Zion Lutheran Church, I apologize <laughs> for <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll give you absolution. Go ahead. (laughs) Other other announcements for the congregation. All right, then I will invite you to take a moment to quiet your heart, quiet your minds, as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free
1: ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have done.
0: us pray. Holy God, our strength and our redeemer, by your spirit hold us forever, that through your grace we may worship you and faithfully serve you, follow you and joyfully find you, through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen.
2: A reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel. In whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, of slaves, of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves, because of the Lord who is faithful, the holy one of Israel who has chosen you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll read responsibly of Psalm forty. I waited patiently upon the Lord who stooped to me and heard my cry.
1: The Lord. My foot, my
2: the Lord put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and stand in awe, and put their trust in the Lord. The trust
1: in the Lord they do not turn to enemies or to those who follow us?
2: Great are the wonders you have done, O Lord my God, and your plans for us none can be compared with you. Oh, that I could make them known and tell them, but they are more than I can count. Sacrifice offering And so I said, Here I am, I come, and the scroll of the book it is written of me. I love you. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I have not restrained my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not given your righteousness in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and
1: in your deliverance. I have not concealed your steadfast love and truth from the great assembly.
2: You are the Lord. Do not withhold your compassion from me. May your steadfast love and your truth continually keep me safe. A reading from First Corinthians. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother, Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who, in every place, call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus, for in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The Word of the Lord.
0: And John testified I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day John was standing with two of his disciples And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, from the beginning of Advent, weeks ago, until now, we have heard quite a bit about this character, John the Baptist, right? We heard his first sermon, which was basically, repent, for the Messiah is coming, but now the Messiah is here. The Messiah has been baptized by John. The Christ, the Savior of the world, has been revealed. And so the time of preparation is over. And so naturally, John's basic sermon, his message, changes. The main driving verb of his message is no longer prepare. It is instead, look, behold. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The image of lamb is used in several ways throughout the Bible. So we should take a moment to understand why John is calling Christ the Lamb. So many people hear this descriptor and they think it's a description of Jesus as gentle and kind. Walt and Barb invited me to bring my kids over this past week to see their lambs. And so the girls and I went over a Monday afternoon to visit uh, with Walt and with the lambs. And uh, the lambs were as every bit as cute and adorable as you would imagine lambs to be, right? There was one very friendly bottle-fed lamb that ran right up to the girls, nibbled on their coats, said hi. The girls were able to pet it. It bounced around. It played. It was cute. It was little. It was gentle. But that is not what John the Baptist has in mind when he calls Jesus the Lamb of God. It is true, Jesus is kind. He is gentle with us. That's all true, but that's not John's point. John is talking entirely about sacrifice. He's talking about blood that is to be spilled. You might remember that during the first Passover in Exodus, when God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, he commanded his people to slaughter a lamb and to paint their door lentils with its blood. And this was to be a sign that death was to pass over their house and enter into the houses of the Egyptians. In the book of Leviticus, we're told that lambs can be brought to the tabernacle or to the temple later, and they can be sacrificed as sin offerings, as reconciliation offerings. And so other animals... If you read the Old Testament, you'll see other animals are sacrificed. But it's the lamb, and it's the image of the lamb that's central to forgiveness of sins in the Old Covenant. And so when John calls Christ the Lamb of God, he means sacrifice. This is the sacrifice of God. Here is the one who is to be sacrificed for the sins of the world. In other words, here is the one who is coming to spill his blood so that we could be delivered from our bondage to sin. He came to spill his blood for our sins, so that our blood would not be demanded of us. His sinless life, the spilling of his perfect blood, are the means by which God is reconciling us to himself. We are made right with God because of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. And John says to his disciples, That here is the Christ that is the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Christ is not just another lamb. The Jews had been sacrificing animals. They had been sacrificing lambs for nearly 2,000 years before Christ. In the time of Christ, lambs were sacrificed daily. There were dozens of lambs or sheep or other animals being brought to the temple on the hour to be sacrificed. They say you could smell the temple in Jerusalem long before you could see it. And it smelled like a mixture of a barbecue and a slaughterhouse because there was a perpetual system that kept going on and on of sacrifice. And it had to be perpetual. It had to be ongoing because the people were always in need of being made right with God. The sacrifice of one lamb was not enough to atone for their whole life. But John's point is that Christ is not just another lamb, but he is the lamb, the lamb of God. He is the one who has come for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world, not just for one person, not just for one family, one nation, one tribe, but for all people of all times. To behold the lamb of God is to recognize that this lamb has accomplished our salvation, We don't need to make sacrifices to be forgiven, nor do we have to work to earn the forgiveness of our sins, nor is our forgiveness based on us fixing our lives and making everything right. It's none of that. Rather, beholding the Lamb of God means to look to Christ and say, he is my salvation. He has done it all for me. Christ is the Lamb of God. And in our gospel, there's a little interesting story And it notes that right away, the disciples get it wrong. Jesus asked the two disciples of John, what are you looking for? And somewhat ironically, the answer is teacher, before there's a pause. Teacher, they're looking for a rabbi, looking for the teacher. But John the Baptist does not point to Christ and say, look, a great teacher. He doesn't say, look, a great philosopher, look, a great man who is going to show us how to live our best lives. Instead, John points to Christ and he says, Behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's how Christ wants us to behold him. That's how Christ wants us to come to him. When we first come to him as if he just has the secrets of a good life, as if he just has strategies about how to become better people, then we miss who Christ really is. Because he is, first and foremost, the Lamb of God. And so one of the great things about being a Lutheran is that we are constantly reminded that even now we have the opportunity to behold the Lamb of God. Before we distribute Holy Communion, we sing these words every time. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. And we sing these words because we are beholding the Lamb of God at Holy Communion. We can point to and we can receive the bread and wine that are his body and blood and say, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. And that's the gift that's given to us each Sunday when we come to church. I don't think we can hear this message enough. Christians don't come to church to become better people. They don't come to learn the secrets of a happy life. They don't come to beef up their morality. And Christians don't come to church to feel a certain way. Now, it's not a bad thing if you feel positive or joyful or even lamentful or sad at church. But the point of being here is never a feeling. It's never about evoking a feeling. The point of coming to church is always at its foundation about beholding the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so when preachers stand behind pulpits and they try to get too clever, they try to out-preach John the Baptist, they do a disservice to Christians. Because the message of the pulpit should never be anything other than behold the Lamb of God. That's what us as preachers are called to preach. We're supposed to point to Christ and say, that's the one. He is the one who has come to save you. He is the one who has come to bear your sins away. Any other message except for that one is inadequate. And in the same way, you as Christians, when you share your faith in this world with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors, or whoever might cross your path, right? your job is singular. It's to point to Christ and say, he is the one who can save you. He is the one who has done it all for you. And your life is a witness to that, that Christ saves you. It isn't that you have it all together. It isn't that you're perfect. It isn't that because you come to church, that you are just a shining witness of morality to the world. But it's that you're testifying that Christ is the one who saves you, that your trust is in him. That's why St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what we are here for, to know that Jesus Christ is crucified for us. And so each Sunday morning that we're here, we're called to be encouraged and to be comforted. Because whatever is going on in our lives, the truth is that the Lamb of God is coming to us. God wants us to know that Christ has taken away our sins. He has taken away the sins of the world, including yours. So this morning we behold him and we we receive his forgiveness. And so we come to the altar of Holy Communion and we behold him. And we testify and we take great comfort in this truth. He is the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Amen. Mm let us stand and confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty,
1: He suffered.
0: For the church the world and for all who are in need merciful God you formed your son in the womb of your servant Mary to be a light for the nations preserve that light among your people gather us around your word and sacrament enlighten and strengthen us by your grace and grant that we might reflect the light of Christ to those around us Lord in your mercy God of glory, the heavens declare your handiwork and each day and night testify to your majesty. Bless all teachers and all students that in their explorations of the arts and sciences they may see your creativity and glorify you. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you watched over the tribes of Israel, providing them both daily bread and redemption in abundant measure. Watch over the homes of your people. Bless them with all that they need for this body and life, and preserve them in the glad confidence that Christ is their strength. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, fortify all in authority, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, with courage and wisdom to govern justly, and cultivate faithful hearts among them so they may gladly serve you. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Holy God, your Son is the Lamb of God who takes away all of our sins and infirmities. Remember all who are in need of your help and healing, especially Sandy, Owen, Charlie, Ron, Judy, Carol, Jim, John, Marilyn, Nancy, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Lisa, and Joyce. Deliver them according to your merciful will and preserve them in the certainty that their sins are taken away. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, John the Baptist first revealed your incarnate Son as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and foretold his victory over sin by the sacrifice of his body and blood on the cross, prepare our hearts and all of those who receive that same body and blood of our Lord this day, that they might welcome him in repentance and in faith. Lord, in your mercy. And grant that we who have celebrated the incarnation of our Lord may die to sin and rise to new life, that we may treasure up and ponder in our hearts The Christ announced by your forerunner, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love, you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name Thanks be to God. God. Please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please serve the Lord.